Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Praise the Lord, everybody. We're so excited about the word of the Lord today. Let us lift our hands and let's magnify him. We worship you, Jesus. We praise your name, oh God, for who you are. For you are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. We praise you, God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. We are so excited that you have joined us this morning for our Sunday morning praise and worship Why don't we grab our Bibles today? We are going to be reading from several portions of Scripture throughout the message. If you would turn with me to the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles. And um, I want to read just a couple portions of Scripture here, here today. What a privilege it is to be Uh, In the house of God, I wish all of you could gather and be here with me as well. But who knows, maybe not too long from now, we're going to be able to gather back to the house of God and throw a big party and celebrate that we have returned to the house of the Lord. I hope that you've enjoyed the revival that we had this past week with our speakers. I know my family and I, we so enjoyed it. I did not pre-watch any of those sermons. I just... uh, Uh, watched it as you watched it to try to have a real time moment with you and with my family as God was speaking to us and there's one common thread I noticed throughout some of the messages it was no weapon formed against me is going to prosper how many of you believe that today no weapon formed against us is going to prosper praise God in the 2nd Chronicles the Bible tells us in chapter 29 and verse 1, 2 Chronicles chapter 29, reading with verse 1. It says, Hezekiah, Hezekiah, I'll give you a moment to find it, 2 Chronicles chapter 29 and verse 1. Let's stand for the reading of the word of the Lord today. Amen. Y'all be shouting amen from home, all right? Uh, there's power in the amen. The promises of the Lord, they are yea, which is the preaching, and the amen, which is the response to the preaching. The promises of God are fulfilled through the yea and also received by an amen, which means so be it. Second Chronicles 29 and 1 says, Hezekiah began to reign when he was five and 20 years old. And he reigned nine and twenty years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that David, his father, had done. He, in the first year of his reign, in the first month, what did he do? He opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. He had to repair them because his dad Ahaz, a wicked king, what did he do? He nailed the doors of the church shut. 
But I'm so glad to tell you that it won't be long from now. The doors of the church are going to be opened again. And we're going to gather from all corners of this region to come into this place and worship and magnify to God together. Let us clap our hands and praise him for his word right now. Lord, we know that the doors are going to open again and we praise you for that. Amen. God bless you as you are seated in your home. And and, uh, today I would like to simply preach, welcome home. How in the world did the doors of the house of God ever become shut? When you study scripture, you'll study it. It goes all the way back to a man by the name of Uzziah. 16 years old was he was when he began to be the king of Israel. He was 16. And the scripture says, as long as he sought the Lord, the Lord prospered him. When he was in his older age and he had, he had reigned for decades and he became a leader in uh, war artillery and, and uh, he had built a massive kingdom and God had certainly prospered him that he became too big for the protocol of scripture, too big for the priests that were in his life. He disregarded the, 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 the step-by-step appreciation for a priesthood and the house of the Lord. And this man that was great, that was young, uh, originally when he began to lead with great blessing over his life, he found himself now not needing a preacher. Just do things the way he wanted to do it. And when he did, he tried to offer up his own offerings without the, at the altar of incense, without the priest order. And even though he was king, it was not his place. And what did he do? He reached out to push the priest out of his life. And when he did, God struck him with leprosy immediately. And it was the law that a leper was not allowed in the house of the Lord. And King Uzziah died not going to the house of God. I think sin is that way. When sin creeps into people's heart, it causes them to not go to the house of God. The reason people stop gathering around the holy people of God is because they get leprosy in their life, if you will, and they get sin in their life. I spot in the scripture, and Isaiah records, he said that man's sins separate him, or man's sins have separated him from God. I have noticed if the devil can put sin in your life, it will separate you from the things that God has for your life. It will even separate families. It will separate friendships. It will certainly separate you from the house of God and the people of God. And behold, the scripture says, sin lieth at the door. We better be very careful how we approach things because if sin gets in, it always starts separating. That's what happened with Uzziah. It was the sin in his life that separated him from the house of God and he never went to church or to the house of God again. He had a son by the name of Jotham. Jotham did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, but the scripture tells us that he never went to the house of God one time. Jotham had a son. His name was Ahaz. Ahaz was a wicked, he was a wicked, wicked king. And he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And when you look at Ahaz, what you'll find, not only did Ahaz do evil, 
But Ahaz removed the vessels from the altar. Ahaz removed the things that they used to worship in the house of God, outside of the house of God. He built altars to heathen gods. And the Bible says, and it was the ruin of him. It is what destroyed him when he began to worship other things. Not only did he not go to church, but Ahaz, the scripture says, he shut the doors to the house of God. One study would say that he nailed them shut so nobody, nobody could go to the house of the Lord. All the priests were without work. There was no altars to take care of. There was no sacrifices. But the Nehemiah, there was no, there was no bullocks or lambs or goats being offered on the uh, uh, altar of the Lord. There, there was no incense being burnt. Matter of fact, there was no lamps even burning in the temple. They were all put out. Church had became, or the house of God had became dark. It had become idle. Nobody's going to the house of God for a Sabbath. There's no feast even going to celebrate the things that God had done like they had. Nothing is going on. Does that, does that sound familiar? I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that our, our president or our governor has shut our church down. Maybe we could say that King Corona has shut things down. Corona meaning crowned. and This sickness, this pestilence has come through. There's many different viewpoints on this but we have learned from this pestilence or this sickness. It sort of has shut the doors to the church. It has caused gatherings to stop, at least for the most part. We, and I as your pastor, and we as a pastoral team and staff, have done our best to stay connected to you, to provide online services. This past week, six days in a row, online revival. You have given to that and what a blessing that has been for us to bless our speakers. And I have preached to you already that the church has left the building and that, yes, this building is not the church. It's, it's, it's what is this building? It's a place where the church gathers. But don't think for a minute that we shouldn't appreciate the house of God. Don't think for a minute that we shouldn't still value the sanctuary. I had a friend of mine the other day, and he called me. He said, what do you think is going to happen when everything uh, after, after this ban is lifted? And what's your thoughts? And, and uh, he, I said, well, what's your thoughts? He said, well, I've, I've just heard some people saying that people are going to become lethargical and mediocre, and they're going to just feel that they have found a new way to live for God, and they're going to sit at their house and and they're, they're going to decide just to live stream services instead of go to the house of God. And, and that, you know, it, it was sort of a thought that some people, maybe in his circle, had been talking about uh, people aren't going to want to go back. They're gonna, they'd rather have church in the pajamas. They, they'd rather eat a Hershey's candy bar, drink a cup of coffee, and enjoy the sermon with the pastor. You know what? You know what? And I said, I haven't heard that. Matter of fact, I'm hearing the, the complete opposite. I am hearing that, that, we're going to have to have multiple services just to accommodate the crowd. That there's going to be so many people here. We're going to have to add, we're going to have to add seats because there's this longing in the people to be at the house of the Lord. And I want to tell you, welcome home. Because when we have this gathering, this convocation, this, this assembly, this solemn assembly, the scripture calls it so many different things, together, there's something special about getting together. I want you to know we welcome you home. If you came to the Lord since this COVID-19 pandemic 
band. If you've come to the Lord, we welcome you to the house of God. If you're a backslider that you, you, you had strayed away from God, but during this time, just the shaking of the times and the awakening and the preaching of the coming of the Lord has stirred your heart, I want you to know we welcome you home. If, if you've never walked with God and you're watching right now, I'm going to tell you there's nothing like being at the house of the Lord. There's nothing like being in the presence of Almighty God. There's something about the house of God. There really is. You see, I believe the king in that day, Ahaz, he knew. He knew he had to nail the doors of the church shut. I had to call into the church because it's, it's, it's the house of God. It's what we call our house of God, the church. The house of God, the, the, the sanctuary, the, the temple, the place where we gather to worship. He had to nail it shut. You know why? Because God's always had a faithful people. He had people that would have walked up to that temple. They would have went into that place because there's something special about this place. There's something special about the house of God. Do you believe that? I think you ought to lift your hands right now at your home. Say thank you for the house of the Lord. Thank you for the house of the Lord. It's an epicenter. What is the house of God to you? What does it mean to you? We have God's house offering because people give to that to bless the kingdom. People give offerings to help the things around the church building. We've got people that cut the grass and come and clean and sweep the carpets and clean the restrooms and dust down all the, 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 the trim and the molding and the volunteers come in and clean the glass and we try to keep it looking great with a spirit of excellence. It's the house of God. What is it? God always had a place. My, 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 can I preach to you right now? God has always had a place where he would meet with the gathering of his people. Don't ever think because pastors told you that something was gonna happen similar to what's happened now and that we, we would get the attention of the nation that we're supposed to just isolate from here to the rapture and we just have church in our own little world with our, with our little family and, and we just do it this way forever. It's not gonna be that way. Let me tell you, even in underground churches, and I preached to one on Friday night. I preached from here to a church in Asia, an underground church. But you know what? They're still, they still gather. They're still gathering. There's something about gathering that means something to the Lord, and it means something to us. Aren't you glad that we can gather on Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night? We're going to have church tonight, by the way. It's going to be at 7 o'clock instead of 6. Now, when we, have, when we start gathering again back to the house of God, we're going to start having church at, we'll have church at 6. But right now we're going to do it at 7 because it seems more convenient when you're already home. And it's a little bit, you know, the time just seems to be you're settled in a little more. And God spoke to me this week, and I'm going to preach to you what God gave me a couple days ago in prayer. I'm going to preach that tonight to all of our daughter work campuses. Everybody watching online, God gave me a specific word about these times and what he's done for you and your purpose in this. But uh, when we start gathering on Sunday mornings and Sunday night, Wednesdays again and the revival services, there is something about when we gather together. I believe Ahaz had to nail the doors of the church, the doors of the house of God shut because people would have kept on going. I know you want to be here. I've had so many of you to contact me and say, oh, pastor, I just wish we could get back to the house of God. Hey, there's something special about this place. Do you believe that? You believe there's something special about the house 
of God. Ahaz dies. The altar's been torn down. The altar's been removed. Priests have been scattered. The vessels used to worship in the house of God have been taken away. It was evil what he had done to the house of God. But then he had a son that stepped up. His son is named Hezekiah. Oh, certainly he was, he was a young man, 25 years old when he became king. But there was something about Hezekiah. Hezekiah had been made. <laughs> Hezekiah as a boy had been made to walk on altars barefooted to heathen gods. You've seen that. They call it asceticism. Hezekiah had been forced as a child to walk across heathen altars on hot coals for his own father's idolatry and wickedness. Some believe that he would have possibly had scars on his feet in study because of what he went through because of his father's sin. Ahaz's absence from the house of God, absence from a priest in his life, absence. I'm going to tell you, when you become absent from the house of God, you'll do things you never thought you would do. You'll enter places in sin that you never thought you would enter in sin. I'm going to stop here and say today, there's a reason that God gives a priest in your life. It keeps you in alignment. You should never trust your own flesh. And I've had people to say, oh, but pastor, you know, I, I, I know my heart. Let me tell you something. Nobody knows their heart. That's why God gives you the Bible. The Bible says, search me, O God. The Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked above all things who can know it. It is deceitful in its ways. You'll think you're doing things out of good intentions. You think you're doing things for a good reason, but the heart has another reason and it leads to sin. Ahaz stepped into that, damaged his family, damaged seemingly the future of the kingdom. But there was something that entered a young man by the name of Hezekiah. And I feel it entering some of you even now while I'm preaching. You're saying, I want to make a difference. I don't want my scarred feet to go without purpose. I don't want what I've been through just to be left for nothing. No, I'm going to take my story. I'm going to take what I've seen, the failures of my parents, and I'm going to step up with divine purpose, and I'm going to lead somebody away from the altars of destruction to the altars of purpose and destiny. I'm telling you, there's an anointing that's going to come over you, those that are repenting and coming back to the Lord. Your testimony, let me tell you this, God's not going to let your past be in vain. He's going to wash your past away, but let me tell you what he's going to do with it. He has given you a testimony of redemption, a testimony of authority, a testimony of his grace, and he's going to allow you to step out of the sin that you've been in with the glorified anointing to tell people how they can come out of sin, how they can come out of destruction, how they can come out of the failures of their past and let the church say amen. Amen, amen, amen. Let me preach to you for a little while. Hezekiah steps up and understanding who his father was and understanding what his dad did. And it says at 25 years old, what happened? It says his mother's name was Abijah. Say Abijah. Abijah means Jehovah is my father. You have to understand the wickedness of Ahaz, one of the most wicked kings there was. That was his father. But 
Hezekiah said, I'm going to have somebody else that is leading my life. I'm not going to repeat the ways, the ways of the family, the traditions that I've been in that were wicked and destruction. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to follow the ways of my father Jehovah. I'm going to let, I want you to say with me, our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. You got to understand, maybe your father was abusive. Maybe he was a terrible example. Maybe your mother was a gambler and a cheater and a liar. Maybe uh, an addict of some sort. Maybe you were raised in false doctrines and false religion. But let me tell you something. You can be a Hezekiah today. You can step out of that place and step in to what God has for you. And somebody say amen. Let's look at the scripture. And it says he was, the, uh, his mother's name was Abijah and she was the daughter of Zechariah. That means Jehovah remembers. Zechariah means Jehovah remembers. Hezekiah now, his name means Jehovah is my Jehovah has made strong. I don't care how weakened you've been because of somebody else's decision. I believe right now that God is going to make you strong. You're saying, I want to live for God, but I don't know how I'm going to turn away from the friends that I've made that I know were not right for me. God's going to make you strong. I don't know how I'm going to give up this thing that has become bondage to me. Jehovah's going to make you strong. I don't know how I'm going to come out of the tradition. I might be rejected by my family. Jehovah will make you strong. I don't know how I'm going to get away from the things I got myself into. Jehovah is going to make you strong. Hezekiah, you follow your father Jehovah and watch what happens. It says in verse 2 of 2 Chronicles 29, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that, what? David his father had done. Hezekiah was so removed because of his decision to follow God, so removed by his past. In this portion of scripture, it does not even list Ahaz as his influencer. But it goes back to the king that was sort of the king of all kings. All were compared to David. King David, he did that according to David. Why? Because David was a man after God's own heart. Can I preach to you today? I realize you might be around the kitchen table sitting on your couch. But won't you get up from your couch just for a minute? Won't you stand on your feet wherever you are? Why don't you stand up? And I want you to say this. I'm going to be like God. I'm going to be like God wants me to be. I'm going to follow after his ways. I don't have to repeat the failures of my past. Come on, lift your hands and say that. I have been given a new name. I have been given a new way. I have been given a new path, oh God, in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. You may be seated. And look what happens. And it's so powerful what he did. And I'll tell you the story. There would be a lot of verses to read and I realize I could lose your attention with reading a lot of verses, but let me tell you what he did. He went and called the priest first. He went and got all the priests together. He said, let's go check out the house of God. And they opened the doors of the house of God. Damaged entrance. The damaged doors of the house of God. 
they opened them. I don't know how they had been fastened that they would have had to been repaired, but Ahaz had must have put a put a, a strong hold on the door where nobody could get in. They opened up the house of God. When they went in, it was dirty. It was trashed. It was filthy. You know what he did? He told the priest, he said, I want you to go cleanse this house of God. I want you to cleanse it. I want you to make it right. And they did. They washed everything down. Every single vessel that was missing, the things that was missing from the house of God. Listen, they went and prepared it. They went and made again new vessels for the house of God. You see, when you're away from the house of God, things seem to be missing from your life. But let me tell you what God's going to do. He's going to replace everything that's been missing between you and the house of God. Let the church say amen. They cleansed it. They prepared all the vessels. They built the altar up again. And he went and they said, Oh, Hezekiah king, the house of God has been cleansed. So Hezekiah then comes into the house of God and sees it cleansed. It's ready. The instruments are in place. The, the, the seats are set. The altar is where it needs to be. All the vessels to be used for the sacrifice. Everything is in place. And you know what he said? He said, now you need to sanctify yourself. All you priests, you need to get sanctified yourself. You need to offer some things. And here's what we're going to do. He said, I want the priests. I want you to go get the trumpets. I want you to go get the harps. I want you to go get the music together. My, my, my. I can't wait till everybody comes home. I'm so, I don't know about you, but I'm sick of this pandemic. I'm sick of this COVID-19. I have enjoyed immensely my time with my family. I've enjoyed our online services, but there is a craving inside of me to worship God with you in the house of the Lord. How about you? Are you excited about that coming home? I know I am. And he told the priest, he said, get the music together. Get the praise team together. Get it all together according to David and the songs of David and according to the prophet, the seer, and prophet Nathan, how he commanded that there would be praise and worship during the burnt offering. He said, get all, everything together. Get it, get it set up. And when they did, the priest came in and they started sacrificing for sanctification. And watch, they started praising God for the whole length of the sacrifice. I think when you come back to the house of God, you ought to come back to the house of God with your heart prepared. You ought to come back to the house of God with an offering for the Lord. You ought to come back with some representation of gratification they call it in the scripture an offering of thanks. Whatever that might be that would be on your mind. But you know what? That verse says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. What are you going to offer to God? I think there ought to be a cleansing of your heart, a cleansing of your spirit. I had somebody tell me, they said, when they come in, they're going to dance, they're going to shout, they're going to leap, they're going to clap their hands. How are you going to come back? I know I'm going to put my praise on. I'm going, to, I'm going to worship God, amen, in a great way. Clap your hands and praise him for just a moment. Amen. And so that's what they did. They set everything together. And then the priest, the priest were sanctified. Hezekiah praised a prayer over the priest. He did. And then he sent a letters out, what they would call posts, a letters to all of the people that belonged at the house of God. Brother Nehemiah, Sister Lakin, they had a post that went out. That's where we get postal or, or uh, we get our mail, the post office. 
They sent letters out to the region. They let everybody know, guess what? Church is open. The house of God is, the doors are open again. They sent a letter out. You can read it. And it said, I believe it would have said something like this. And I don't know what was in there in detail, but I want to know what's going to be in ours. It's going to be welcome home. And I say to you, it's going to be a welcome home party. It's going to be a welcome home blessing. It's going to be a welcome home into the presence of Almighty God. Oh, what are you making a big deal out of getting back to the house of God, Pastor? For most people watching, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Because in Psalms 133, let's look what it says. Psalms 133. Verse 1, behold, behold how good and how what? Pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That word together means a gathering together. It, it means a gathering. And uh, it's similar to the word in Matthew 18 and 19. I'm going to finish Psalms in just a minute. But look at Matthew 18, verse 19 and 20. Jesus said, again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three, doesn't matter if it's a gathering of a small number, maybe a smaller church, a smaller gathering, or what? Maybe a neighborhood gathering, I don't know, but, but where two or three or a larger number, three, are gathered together in my name. Not just together, but a gathering together. What that means, it's a gathering of. It is a central place where people have come together for what purpose? To worship God. Our attention isn't on each other. Our attention is on Him. What did He say? He said, there. I want you to say it from your house. There. Say it again. There. There am I in the midst of them. Where is there? There is where two or three are gathered. There is the gathering place of believers. He said, that's where I am. That's where I will be. I will be at the gathering place. That's why David went back and longed to build a temple for a gathering place for God to be among his people. How many know that? Solomon ended up building that temple. Yes, he did. A wonder of the world. And thousands of people would gather at the house of God to worship and to offer sacrifices to the Lord. Can somebody say amen? I want you to say the word there. Where is there? It's the gathering of God's people to a place which we call the house of God. Look on down. It says in Psalms, Psalms back to Psalms 133, 1 and 2, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity it is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard we talk about the anointing even Aaron's beard the priesthood and it says that went down to the skirts of his garments that, 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 that fragrance that anointing I've had people tell me said, oh man even, even the anchor has a, a certain smell there I've had people tell me that that they have missed that. When they've been away from the house of God, they said, man, I just missed that. I had somebody mess me the other day. They said, I would drive two hours to be there to feel the warmth of God's presence and to be around his people again. People talking about coming home. People talking about coming back to the house of God. 
I know I miss it greatly, don't you? Look what it says. It says it's going to be like the anointing. When they would anoint that priest with olive oil and cinnamon, casein myrrh, and the calamus mixed together, that holy anointing. It was a beautiful fragrance. And God said in his word, when my people gathered together, it's like the, the smell of the anointing. It's like the atmosphere. How about when Jesus, Jesus was in the house after, after um, Lazarus was raised and Mary came in and anointed his head with an alabaster box, broke it over him. And the whole room would have been filled with the fragrance. The atmosphere was changed because of the worship of one person in that gathering place. Oh, there's something familiar. I wish I could create a longing in every person or at least connect with your longing as I'm longing. There's something about seeing somebody, uh, hearing, looking over and hearing Sister Hodge praying and Sister Sarah Mealy coming out of the seat, twirling and magnifying God. And Amen. To hear Brother Nehemiah scream real loud, Jesus, you know what I'm talking about. Oh man, we love the house of the Lord to praise team and, and uh, to, to see all the different people gather and clap their hands. I could go start naming all kinds of people right now. But praise and worship starts going and we come off of this platform, our, our elders and ministers and get down. Our young people run up to the front with their hands raised because they're feeling the presence of God. Amen. He said it's like the anointing. It's a fragrance. The peace of God that settles in here. I've had guests over the years in the scripture we call them strangers talking about people that don't know this way. They said, what is that that I feel? I've had them to ask me and say, I would like to just sit here, pastor. Can I just stay here all day? Why? They say, because I feel something here. This here is there, there. A place of God's gathering where his presence sets among them. I'll be done in just a few minutes, but watch this point. He goes on and says, as the dew of Hermon. What? The gathering. Unity is as the dew of Hermon. As the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. For there, where? For there, the Lord commanded the blessing. I want you to know, God never intended for us to be isolated, individual, just Christians doing our own thing with him. Never. The only lonely disciple isolated disciple was a betrayer. His name was Judas Iscariot. He'd have never betrayed if he'd have taken Simon Peter with him. He'd have never betrayed if he'd had Bartholomew with him. He'd have never betrayed if he'd had a, a Judah with him. He'd have never done it. But because he went out alone, he did things he would have never done before. I'm going to preach to you for a moment. There was another one that denied the Lord. His name was Simon Peter. Can I preach like I want to right now? My, my, my. Listen to me. Simon Peter, the Bible says, when he followed the Lord afar off, when he got at a distance from the Lord, he sat down among them. Who is them? Those crying, crucify him. Crucify him. Simon Peter, because he allowed the Lord to get at a distance, and he had separated from his own disciple friends. I'm convinced he would have never denied the Lord if he would have stayed connected to one of his brethren. Even if it was just two or three of the disciples, he would have never denied the Lord. But because he chose his own path, 
It's not long until he's doing things he would have never done. See, gathering together and being, Jesus always sent his disciples out in twos and threes. Why? Because that is the there. That is the place where he commands the blessing. You say, do I have to go to church to be saved? Pretty much is what I'm saying. I know we can't go right now, but you won't stay saved very long if you don't have a gathering of some type. God's not going to let you just be an isolated believer and not allow somebody else in your life. You need to have somebody else in your life. Well, I can't believe you're telling me I've got to go to church. Listen, those that go to church know exactly what I'm talking about. There is strength. He said two is better than one. He said if, you, if you're by yourself, he said if you're by yourself and the foe or the enemy comes, he said in your week, he said if you have somebody else with you, they'll be strong. How about verses like this? If you see your brother fall, if you see their brother fall, pick him up considering yourselves because everybody at some moment is going to have a lonely, discouraged, weak moment and God provides a church. God provides a gathering. Why? So there can be strength in numbers. That's why he's willing to leave the 99 that's gathered, the there, to go after the one sheep that went astray because the danger is when you're all by yourself. So I'm come to tell you, we're going to gather together. Look, where is there? It's the gathering at the house of God, I'm calling it today, with this message. And at that place, he said, it's there that I have commanded what? The blessing, even life forevermore. If you feel weakened because we haven't been able to have again the house of God, good news. Won't be long. We're going to be open the doors to the house of God and we're going to celebrate and we're going to worship and we're going to praise God together. Oh, clap your hands and praise him for just a moment. Amen, amen, amen. Let's look at this as I wrap this up today. And I pray that I'm ministering to you where you are. My goal today is to preach what God has given me, to tell you there's still something special about the house of God. God's not going to displace his church forever in the sense they will not gather. They will gather again. Look what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 30. It said that they, that, that God prepared their heart. Verse 19, you'll see that God answered Hezekiah's prayer and prepared their heart for the gathering. People started gathering from all over. They come back to the house of God. People that couldn't get in the house of God. They heard. Have you heard? The doors are open. Oh, I believe the word's going to get out, Brother Cody. The word, the word's going to get out. Hey, the church is open. And there's going to be this banner that says, Welcome home. I believe backsliders from every corner. I believe new people. I've had people I don't even know have messaged me and said, when the doors are open, I'm coming to the house of God. I've been watching online. Why don't you thank God for that right now? Amen. If you're here today and you're watching, I'm telling you, a church alive is worth the drive. If you've got to drive two hours, three hours to get to the house of God, amen, maybe you've been ministering to this. Hey, when we open these doors, you ought to make a trip and come and worship God with us. We're inviting you because God, there's nothing like being in the house of God with God's people. Look what it says in verse 2 Chronicles 30 and 25 as I come to a close. They've, they've offered an offering. They've set it before the Lord. And it says, in all the congregation, what's that? That's a gathering of people. And the music can come. And all the congregation of Judah with the priests and Levites and all the congregation that came out of Israel 
You ready for this? And the strangers that came out of the land of Israel and that dwell in Judah, they rejoiced. Why did they rejoice? Church is open. Amen. The house of the Lord, the doors have been opened. Look at verse 28. So there was what? Great joy. Everybody shout great joy. I started this year out preaching from Christmas. He's going to restore joy. And you watch it. There's going to be great joy for the things of God like never before. Joy in praying. Joy in, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there was not the like in Jerusalem. Since the temple. Watch Solomon. What did he do? Sister Kate, you know what he did? It's when Solomon built that temple. There hadn't been joy in Jerusalem. Like when the house of God was built was when they were allowed to come back to the house of God. Oh, my, my, my. Great joy. For all of our seniors, we're so looking forward to seeing you. Amen. To the, to the anchor youth and the young adults, we're so looking forward to seeing you again worship up here. Looking forward to praying with you and worshiping down here with you and crying with you as we do in the presence of God. To all of our young families with your children at home, trying to get their education in and trying to work through all and navigate through all of these times. Let me tell you, I can look so forward to seeing you to the anchor kids and we're so looking forward to our kids being here. Amen. Running around in the foyer. We're looking forward. The Bible says in Jerusalem the kids would be playing in the streets. I believe they're going to be here. That, that, that noise. I said noise. It's good noise when you hear the people at the house of God before church starts. Then the countdown and we all stand and lift our hands. The Bible says they had great joy in Jerusalem. Verse 27 said, then the priest, the Levites, arose and blessed the people. And their voice was heard. Their voice was heard. And their prayer came up to his holy dwelling place, even unto heaven. You see, there's some things God will not listen to unless there's two or three. There's some things God will not give an answer to until there's two or three because God expects his people to gather together it's how he designed us even Adam alone in the garden he said it's not good he said I'm going to give him a gathering I'm going to give him a companion and I'm preaching to you the church is the gathering the congregation is a word for the gathering of his people the word church means the gathering yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to lift your hands right now. Would you stand with Pastor? I want you to say, I'm excited to get back to the house of God. I'm excited to get our children back to the house of God. I'm excited for our seniors to be back. Come on, let's, can't wait to see brother and sister so-and-so. Can't wait to see this one. I can't wait to see that one. I'm going to hug somebody's neck. Hallelujah. I want you to love God right now, and I want you to be praying. God, when I go back, I'm going back, Lord, with, a, with an offering of thanksgiving. I'm going back with appreciation. I'm going back. I'm going back to praise you. I'm not going to become idle. I'm not going to become mediocre. Oh, no. No, I don't feel that at all. I believe people are coming back with zeal and passion and compassion. You do not want to miss tonight's service. 
God has spoken to me. If he's ever spoken to me about the future of this church and where we are now and why he's doing what he's doing, you don't want to listen in at 7. You want to listen at 7 p.m. tonight. But I'm going to pray for you. I want you to make a covenant. I'm going back to the house of God. I'm going to be faithful to the house of God. Oh, yes. I'm going, to, I'm going to be there. If the doors are open, I'm going. I'm making a covenant with my family. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Go ahead and sing as I pray. Lord, I pray right now a blessing. God, I pray right now. I command a blessing over these people. Lord, I pray appreciation over them, oh God. Lord, for one another, for each other, God. As we meet and greet on Sundays, I pray there will be a passion in their heart for one another to love the church. For you said, how shall they know you love me? Because they love one another. Oh God, I pray today that you would you would move upon this people. I pray preservation from any infection. I pray, Lord, that you would preserve, that you would protect, you would prosper. I pray that, God, you would protect them from COVID-19 or any other disease or sickness. I pray that, God, you would prosper their finances, prosper their health, prosper their emotions. Prosper them, oh God, in the name, prosper them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.